welcome to this edition of Keep Watch Pass. I'm Jason and joining me as always, my lovely wife, Kara. Kara, how are you doing today? Doing great. How you do? I am doing very, very well. We have a doubly fun episode for everyone today because we are talking about cinematic second servings, if you will. We're talking about sequels, but we're only talking about films that are the second in a series. So movies that were about part three or part four aren't actually going to qualify. We are only talking about part twos or seconds in the series. So in saying that, Carrie, before we get into our keep our watch and our pass, did you find that narrowing it down to only the second movies of a series made it tougher for you? Not as much. I just found that there's a lot of comparing the first or sometimes the third, or if we were to be talking about the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. <laughs> the the, the 10,000th. You know, or the even the Expendables, right? It's like, mm. it goes on and on and on and on. Um, but no, I mean, specifically, there's some movies where there's a sequel and you're left questioning why. Mm. Did they not say what they needed to say. And then there's some movies that you just want more of. So, and again, then you get the 10 plus, <laughs> you know, Fast and the Furious. So, right. Um, yeah, there was a lot of comparison, but I found, I, I found it challenging too, to remember or to like, like the distinct, difference between the second movie to the first Mm -hmm. because usually when you watch like a movie that has a sequel it it kind of the storyline just keeps it continues right it it keeps going in some respects in some respects in some respects and it's gonna be interesting because i have a feeling this is gonna be one of those ones where the pass may have been harder to come up with than the keep because they always say that the sequel is never as good as the as the original so I'll be curious to see how we do in our on our on our picks here. Thank but, God you said that because <laughs> the pass was what I was really struggling with. Really? Oh my gosh. I mean it was easy enough to defend like it was easy enough to pick the keep and the watch. Cuz I mean you could still pick your two movies whether it's one that you keep on your shelf or whether it's one that you stop what you're doing and watch every time it's on it's still giving it its due respect. But to say that you're going to pass on a movie, that to me is like the complete opposite thinking that is the fundamental of, and fun being like capitalized fundamental of um, it's not that bad and trying to find the good things to say and to say that you're going to pass on a movie is like kind of negative and I don't want to go there. And that's the funny thing. We're like, we're over a hundred episodes into it's not that bad. So we, we've kind of like trained ourselves in a Stockholm syndrome kind of way to, to find good things to say about them. And now like once a week we sit, get to sit there and say, Nope, Nope, this movie is crap. And it's, it, it feels odd. Sometimes it's easier than, than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you Sometimes, know. Sometimes, yeah. But but let, let's get into this. We are about to go through movies that were the second in a series, and we're going to pick three of them each. A Keep, 
a watch and a pass. The keep is one that we hold in high regard and in this case might actually in some cases be better than the original. The watch is when we're like, yeah, okay, cool, it's on, it's all good, we'd watch it, um, which may be equal to the original. And then there's the pass, which may probably follow the rule of not as good as the sequel or nowhere near the sequel. So it's going to be very interesting to see what movies we've picked and why we picked them. So Kara, we're going to start with you. What is your keep sequel or your keep if you will? <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Mm. I'm going to go with Clerks 2. Okay. So we're, we're talking about the one with Rosario Dawson and they're working oh, yeah. Yeah, at the movies. <laughs> yes. That of the clerks franchise the first one was just classic like Mm. the first one laid the groundwork but this one was just fun like they were having fun making this movie they yeah (laughs) it's like it was just fun you know it was the one that they kind of got they they built the relationship between Dante and Rosario Dawson Mm -hmm. (laughs) I forget her name in the in the series, I think it was Claire. Uh, I have to double check now. No, I don't. I don't think it was. But anyway, you get the idea. And um, and by the third one, it was heartbreaking. But anyway, I digress. Um, this movie was just fun from start to finish, and I loved it. It was Becky. I was there for that. Yes, it was Becky. That does sound right. Thank you, Google. It was Becky. <laughs> you know what's funny? I um, I didn't pick a single Kevin Smith film. And it's interesting because for a second, I was actually considering Kevin Smith film for my pass, but I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. The other thing, too, is I found it really hard because, and you're going to laugh at this, for the first time in Keep Watch Pass history, all three of my picks have actually already been done as It's Not That Bad episodes. So (laughs) So even the Keep and the Watch do qualify i know because i talked about them already my keep is tron legacy i freaking love tron legacy and normally you're the one who likes to break the internet i'm gonna break the internet on this one here to me tron legacy is the superior tron film Oh, even I know that's a big statement. That, I, I am throwing, Whoa. I am throwing my disc down and saying Tron Legacy is the better film because I, I felt the world building was a lot better in Tron Legacy. Like Tron itself is great, and especially of its time, I, the movie was way ahead of its time in film design and storytelling and basically using the computer language as dialogue if you will like it was a smart film but i prefer tron legacy better it it expanded on the original and made the world bigger and then of course that led to a wonderful um animated series tron renegade and love that series but again like i freaking love tron and i stand by tron legacy and if you go listen to the tron legacy episode uh from everything from the actors and a very, 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 very flamboyant Michael Sheen in that film to the Daft Punk soundtrack, everything was on point with that. Now, that being said, I'm sure when Jared Leto does his Tron movie, that's probably end up being my pass because I'm sure he'll bet on it, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to prejudge. I'm not going to prejudge. But to me, Tron Legacy, 
the better Tron film. But now we get to our watch films. And since I already spoiled it, you have at this point probably about 105 episodes to pick from and think, well, what film is it going to be? Let me make you wait no further. My watch is The Chronicles of Riddick. And I'm going to say this. I preferred The Chronicles of Riddick over Pitch Black. I found it to be the superior Vin Diesel film in that case. And again, it's because of the world building. Chronicles of Riddick, to me, is a much better sci-fi film than Pitch Black was. And I can't believe I'm sitting here espousing wonderfully about a Vin Diesel film, but here we are. And I know you haven't really watched the Riddick films. I get it. Trust me when I say, if you're looking for a very good sci-fi film and you're looking for one of the more poetic death scenes in a film... Chronicles of Riddick really delivers, and I think it's it definitely got unfairly maligned by the critics. It's I get it. It's vastly tonally different from Pitch Black, and if you were looking for Pitch Black too, you weren't getting it. You got a very different film. So if you went in with the weight of expectation of Pitch Black, then I then yeah, you're going to be disappointed. So go in, watch the Chronicles of Riddick for what it is, an awesome sci-fi film, and forget Pitch Black exists. But Carrie, we're now to you. What's your watch film? I'm ready. And where I said the continuation of a story, I'm going to go with Kill Bill 2. Really? Yeah. You picked a Tarantino movie? To watch. To watch, yes. Absolutely. Um, Anytime it's on, whether it's Kill Bill 1, 2, if it's... um, I mean, if it's a Tarantino movie, I'm stopping what I'm doing and I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably the one playing the DVD. <laughs> but um, as far as storytelling, I mean, it had all of the elements of true to Tarantino's style where it was almost like chapters and like flipping from one storyline to another, but it all kind of came it came together in Kill Bill 2 I mean the entire the entire concept of um, you know of, of this this group of what trained like, assassins tra- yeah but they're kind of like the anti-hero yet you're really rooting for the bride mm-hmm. you know you really want her to inevitably Kill Bill. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kill Bill Volume 2 is not bad. Kill Bill Volume 1, to me, is the superior Kill Bill film. It absolutely is, but I had to pick a, a second. I, I, I get <laughs> so. I mean, as a watch, it makes sense. Yes. It absolutely does make sense. It, it pales in comparison to the first part, but I do get it. And this is one of those things where you're going to have films where... You know, Tron Legacy is definitely a sequel, right? Kill Bill Volume 2 is more like a continuation as opposed to a sequel. You know, it's kind of like looking at Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, where it's just the second half of the film as opposed to a sequel itself. Um, so that that's where it, it's tricky, but I like it. I like it. And really, it's the only Tarantino sequel out there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which 
I kind of like. I kind of like the fact that he doesn't. Yes, there are ties to the Tarantino world, of course, with the red apple cigarettes and little nods here and there kind of thing. But nothing is really a, a sequel except for Kill Bill. But the fact that that was filmed at the same time doesn't make it your traditional sequel. So it still kind of works in Tarantino world. Like I like I like the pick. Don't be wrong. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been like a six hour movie. <laughs> would you Would you watch it though? I would. Like, would you? Hundred <laughs> percent. Here's the thing, and and you see this a couple of times, right? Like Deathly Hallows, Part One and Part Two, right? The original idea of the Justice League that Zack Snyder had created was going to be a part one and part two, right? Kill Bill, volume one, volume two. At the time, could you justify putting it as one film into theaters and have people sit down for three and a half, four hours? Because, I mean, I remember when we went to go see The Batman and my ass was numb by the end of that film. Ah, but it's a Tarantino film, so you know that I would be on the edge of my chair and enjoying every minute. I'm going to make probably not a, a... bold statement but i will say this that if directors started to do that then instead of doing sequels just film it all as one film you are going to hurt the sales of soft drinks in movie theaters because no one's going to want to drink anything because three and a half four hours you're getting up to pee you know you are that or put an intermission (laughs) (laughs) I, i wonder if that could work i do i mean here's the thing and I, I actually, the fact that you said that, I would love if a drive-in movie theater had a Kill Bill night oh. where you do Kill Bill Volume 1 and then like 10 minutes of, let's all go, go to, to the, the lobby, lobby. Let's, let's all go, go to, to the, the lobby. lobby, and then Kill Bill Volume <laughs> 2 right afterwards. Oh, Make it be, happen. That would be amazing. Drive-in movie theaters need to do this. They need to like go back to the well, because I think there's going to be a stretch this summer where... They're going to be dry of films because, of course, the writer strike and the actor strike that lasted so long, and the actor strike, as of recording this, is still technically speaking going on. Like I don't think they've reached a deal yet. You're going to have a a very dry summer for films. So for drive-in movie theaters, this is brilliant. Like think of the movies you could have. Right again. Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2 in the same night. Avengers, Affinity War, and Endgame in the same night. Right? Like that, it'd be brilliant. It doesn't have to be um, a drive-in though. But it'd I be mean, fun. most um, like specialty theaters, you know, like the, um, like the review cinemas, mm-hmm. right? The ones that hold like Rocky Horror Picture Show. That would be brilliant. But I think for the summer, there, there's always something about, I love a drive-in. True. I love the drive-in. It's true. I've always loved the drive-in. And the thing is, there's something about the break at the drive-in. There's something about the intermission. It's it's part of the experience. It's very true. We got to go back to the drive-in this summer. Okay. Or, well, next summer. Because it's winter now, as we're getting close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. 
Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, it's past time. <laughs> is Make it my it past time? It no, is it's your pass. Your pass. It's, no, it's your pass. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. Um. Okay, I actually changed my pass. Okay. So. So I, you passed on your pass. I passed on my pass, and I'm actually going to put out there in the ether a Tarantino pass for the first time ever. How? He has no other sequels. Well, no, but they're, they did make a, if I'm not mistaken, or is it a fever oh, dream? Oh, I, I am, know what's coming now. <laughs> I am passing on From Dusk Till Dawn 2 because it was just that bad. I don't blame you. It was just that bad. It, you know what? I, I can't even believe that I'm sitting here saying this because I really, I really really hate that I'm saying this, but it, I mean, the first one was so good. It was, even though it was kind of like, almost like they went in a completely different genre of, you know, zombie film when they got into the, um, oh my God, the bar. The titty twister. Titty twister. Thank you. I'm like, I know I should know this, but it's been a while since I've watched it. Mm -hmm. But, um, The second movie was just like, really? Like, it didn't need to happen. It did not need to happen. Um, Yeah. Now, I don't know if you want to know my actual, what I wrote down, but I'm I'm, I'm holding strong here. I mean, here's the thing. We we can always come back and do a sequels part two, which is even funnier when you realize that it's the sequel of the sequels. I like it. Okay, so right. so hold on, so I'm, okay. hold on to that peck, and that, now right. people are going to be sitting there going, <gasps> "There's more. There's more. <laughs> there will be another." But I, I, I hold strong. I maintain that uh, it's my final answer. I'm, I mean, there's the thing, right? And we we literally just got finished talking about how cool it was that Tarantino never did a sequel, and no, he never did a sequel because it's one of those movies that happened, but really had no aside from like i think the titty twister had no connection to the previous film like like i don't i think it was all different actors if i if i remember correctly yeah. except for like maybe one they, or two they recast the the brothers i get the idea 
of the series and trying to expand on it that way. But the thing is, if you're going to do a brand new or a sequel, have it tie in somehow. Like I'm taking a look at the cast here, like Robert Patrick, Bruce Campbell, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Danny Trejo. Like at least it had Danny Trejo, right? But the thing <laughs> is, like aside from that, like where's the connection, right? Like, and don't be wrong, like Robert Patrick, Bruce Campbell, and Tiffany Thiessen. These are all very good actors, but did it need to be done? And was it just a spec script? that they slapped on from Dust Till Dawn 2 onto it to try to capitalize on it. And very similar to what you had with American Psycho 2, which has nothing to do with American Psycho, except for like a loose line of script and hope that people will watch it because American Psycho was a good movie. American Psycho 2 didn't need to be an American Psycho film. It was an okay enough film on its own and I'm not trying to tee this up as American Psycho 2 be my past because it's not. But that being said, when it comes to sequels that have next to no connection to the original that it's the sequel of, Son of the Mask mm-hmm. definitely fits that bill. Like, whoo, whoo, this film... And even though I've done an episode of It's Not That Bad on this film, this film was definitely hard to enjoy because you're coming off of the original The Mask, which is like peak Jim Carrey, which is our introduction to Cameron Diaz, right? And what an introduction for her, right? And it was so out there and so much fun and so like, graphic design and character design it was so good and son of the mask was so not and like literally the only character in son of the mask that was also in the mask if memory serves was ben stein and that was for like three minutes in the beginning like that's like when we covered that halloween resurrection or whatever it was or h2o or whatever the, the which one it was where it's like jamie lee curtis was there for 10 minutes and then boom nope we killed her <laughs> now it's a whole different film like you didn't need that you did not need that and here you didn't need son of the mask you didn't now it's not as bad as the critics made it to be because it wasn't that good but it wasn't that bad. And it never really is as bad as the critics make it out to be because well, we have a whole podcast that says it. But Son of the Mask, hard to love. I'm not going to lie. All right, Gary. Thank you so much for this. And yeah, we're going to do a volume two of volume twos here. So hold on to that film. Hold on to that past. I'm sure we'll get around to that one. And now to you, our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Keep Watch Pass. You're going to get new episodes of this every Monday. So make sure you tune in and let us know what movies you would have as your Keep Watch Pass of sequels. Hit us up on social media at NotThatBadCast or go to our website at NotThatBadCast.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what movies you would have picked. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, she's Carrie. You guys are awesome. This is Keep Watch Pass. Take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.